This is Undisciplined. I'm Matthew LaPlante. There are 24 million members of the new Reddit Journal of Science, which isn't really new. It's also not really a journal. Rather, it's an online community where people share and discuss new scientific findings. That's where our producer, Naomi Ward, was hanging out when she saw a post about a new study on the culture of subreddits, subreddits like that science community. There were more than 250 comments on the post, and most seemed to be an honest attempt to discuss the study's findings. But, of course, there were some folks who seemed like they just wanted to argue, which is really sort of meta, because the study itself was a look at how toxicity is introduced into social media groups. Now, if you're on social media in any capacity, you already know that things can get really toxic really fast. But my guest today, he's been trying to figure out how that happens. For instance, do newcomers introduce toxicity into social media spaces, or do toxic social media spaces create more problematic behavior? Ashwin Rajade Singhan is a third-year PhD student at the University of Michigan School of Information, where his research is focused on computational social science and aimed at building better online communities. His new study explores how toxic cultures are maintained in specific social media groups. Ashwin, welcome to Undisciplined. Thanks for having me, Matthew. Excited to be here. Let's start by sort of laying the groundwork for people who, you know, might not be regulars on Reddit. If you're talking to somebody who isn't on that particular social media space, how do you describe the beautiful anarchy that is Reddit? <laughs> yeah, that's that's a nice way to put it, right? Anarchy. Um, yeah, so Reddit is just like another social network, except that there are communities organized around specific topics. So it's not so much that you connect with another person. It's more that you connect with the community through which you connect with other people who are interested in the same stuff that you are in, interested in. And, and so that's how you build community in, in those networks. So there are millions of users on Reddit. And the interesting part is it is very anonymous. People don't really know each other. They don't put out a photo. They don't put out status updates. Instead, it's just about talking something related to the topic. And what on Reddit do you follow? What are your subreddits? Yeah, so uh, I am from Ann Arbor. So I follow the, Ann Arbor, I mean, I'm at least living in Ann Arbor. So I follow the Ann Arbor subreddit quite a bit. And then now with COVID, I'm into birding. There's a quite a few birding subreddits. Uh, recently, my, my bike got vandalized. So <laughs> there's a subreddit for that to figure out how to fix it. So I'm a little all over the place. But political conversations, there are tons of political subreddits too, which I occasionally take part in. Uh, you're a sports fan too, right? You like soccer, you like cricket? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's, there's a bunch of uh, cricket subreddits. There's also soccer. There's an, you know different uh, subreddits for different sort of clubs that people follow. So yeah. What's your football club? Uh, I follow this this team called Newcastle United, which is in which based in England. Uh, Newcastle's is, been struggling. Yes, <laughs> so I don't like to talk about it all that much. <laughs> <laughs> so, so look, you study these subreddits. Some of these are really well managed spaces where people ask questions, they share information, they have discussions, you know, with with a pretty good deal of civility, even even when it's anonymous, people kind of behave themselves. And well, some of these spaces, they really, they're not well behaved people, they're kind of toxic, right? 
Right, right, exactly. Uh, there are some that are that are super nice that you can have like a very deliberative, civil, political, serious discussion going on. Whereas others are much more relaxed and uh, chill, and often, unfortunately, toxic. Um, so, so there's a lot of. Uh, I mean, people also switch from one community to another quite a bit too. So, yeah, this is something for everyone, I guess. You're listening to Undisciplined. We'll be back in a moment. Stay tuned. This is Matthew LaPlante. I'm the founder and host of Utah Public Radio's research-themed program, Undisciplined. And I work with an amazing producer, Naomi Ward, whose work on our program is funded with the support of underwriting from one of UPR's many sponsors. A lot of these sponsors are local businesses, and they've made a commitment to helping support the journalism and programming you hear every day on UPR. You can thank them by supporting them. You can find a list of sponsors at upr.org slash underwriting. You're listening to Undisciplined on Utah Public Radio. I'm Matthew LaPlante, and today we're talking about toxic social media cultures with Ashwin Rajadesingen. Now, you wanted to explore these toxic spaces academically, and I feel like most people can recognize toxicity, you know, when they see it, right? Like, it's hard to define maybe, but you know it when you see it. But for a researcher, that's no good. You have to have sort of a definition. How do you pick out what's toxic in a space and what's not? Right. So we use a previous uh, approach that was that was done by by another researcher and so they have like a classifier that's built using some sort of machine learning models and so what it tries to do is it detects a any comment that is rude disrespectful or unreasonable and that is likely to make people leave a discussion so that that is what is a, a toxic comment and so we, we are utilizing some of the earlier works on the sort of a classifier to actually try to detect these toxic comments. And these comments were, this was a identifier that was built with machine learning. Do you actually apply machine learning to identify them or do you just use the model that the machine learning algorithm created? Yeah, so we use the existing model and then apply it on Reddit. Um, so we applied this model on like a billion comments. Billion comments? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> you couldn't do this by hand. I mean, you need a computer to help you do this stuff. Exactly, yes. Yeah, yeah. Now, do you ever, have you ever had a situation where like the algorithm has flagged something and you look at it and you go, well, that's not toxic or vice versa? Right, right. Yes, yes. That that happens uh, quite often, right? So because uh, toxicity is at some level subjective as well, somewhat. And so what we did is when we were doing the study, we, we did conduct like a sanity check. We, we sampled about 300 comments from multiple communities. We got people to rate them on whether they were toxic or not. And then we checked it against the classifier results. And what we found was that about 80% of the time, these results match, which is probably, you know, as as well as you're going to ever do. Um, no, no two human is going to think the same way either. So, so which is why we went ahead with this approach. So Ashwin, some of these places that you're exploring as a researcher, they're really, you know, like they're really dark. They're, they're really mean spirited. They have names like White Rights and Hillary for Prison. And, and some of them have names that we can't even say on public radio because they include well, you know, really bad words. What makes a researcher want to dive into this stuff? 
<laughs> uh, great question. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to, you know, stick to dogs and cats and that those kind of subreddits. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think I think the primary motivation here is to try to understand how people actually have these political discussions online because you read a lot about it in paper, right? So you know in theory what makes for a good political discussion, but unless you're stepping into some of these spaces, you don't really know how it works in practice. So that's sort of the motivation behind doing this there in those subreddits. There's this really interesting thing that came out of your research. Your your research shows that the level of toxicity in various Reddits, which is different from Reddit to Reddit, quite different from subreddit to subreddit, the level of toxicity in these specific subreddits stays remarkably consistent over time. For instance, like if 35% of comments are toxic in month one, then if you go back and you look at it three months later, about the same percent of comments will be toxic in month three. And the really interesting thing is this happens despite the fact that the membership of these communities isn't the same at all. Right, right, exactly. So that sort of got us going in this space pretty much because what we found was that, yes, while the the level of toxicity in these subreddits remain fairly constant over time, some of these subreddits have sort of the same toxicity level over six months even. But in that period, what we find is that there's a lot of, you know, user churn where users drop in, drop out um, of these communities, and there isn't like a fixed user base. So the, the real question here is how do these communities end up uh, socializing these newcomers into the norms of the community, even when there's members continuously leaving the community as well? So. And when we're talking churn, like, give me sort of like a number, how many, like, in the course of a month or three months or whatever, how much is that churn? Right. I think it, it varies from community to community. But I mean, we were just looking at this community called Neutral Politics, which is like a super polite, respectful space for political discussions. And what we found was that comparing uh, the subreddit in month one versus month three, what we found was that only about 20% of the users who participated in month one also participated in month three on neutral politics. So there's like quite a bit of dropping off and people sort of shopping for subreddits at some level, just dropping in, commenting like a couple of times, seeing how it goes, and then just leaving the, the community. So this is, I mean, this is really fascinating. These new members who are coming in are sustaining the norms to a degree that's remarkably stable. And this, of course, means that they aren't really shifting either the positive or the vitriolic dialogue. They're just, well, they're just adopting it. Exactly. Yeah. So so at some level, this isn't all that surprising, right? So, uh, you know, usually pe- I mean, people have always adjusted their behavior according to the prevailing norms. So when you hold a say, a conversation, even with the same set of people in an office, it's going to look very different from, you know, the same sort of conversations you might have in a company retreat event, right? So so the people adjusting uh, to these norms isn't super interesting, but what is interesting here is how quickly they do it. And what we've generally found was that they seem to very quickly adopt according to the norms of the community. They do it as soon as they join the community. Like in the first comment, they're already pretty much matching the norms of the community. That's really fascinating, too, because like previous research has suggested that people 
learn what community norms are after being inside of a group for a while. Why do you think that's different on these subreddits? Right. I think there are multiple factors here. I think one of the one of the things here is we're specifically looking at toxicity norm, which is basically, you know, you can sort of identify at some level if you just, you know, drop into a subreddit, uh, look at the comments in the subreddit, you look at the rules there listed there, even before you actually start participating in them you get a general sense of how tolerant they are uh, to toxic comments. So you get a good sense that even before you participate. So I think that probably has has a little bit to do with how quickly people adopt to the community uh, norms. But the other is also uh, people lurk quite a bit, right? Um, so before they actually start commenting in any, any one subreddit, they probably lurk and observe what's happening in the community before they participate. So, so I think, yeah, these two factors probably played a massive role in this. And let me make sure that I got this part right, too. The level of toxicity in the comments of newcomers when they participate in other groups, like their past comments aren't necessarily predictive of their behavior in a new group? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that that was kind of surprising to us too, um, right? So, so at some level, it appears that people just quickly adjust to the norms in, at the community they're in. And then when they go to another community, they just switch on uh, into the norms of that community. So people sort of very quickly adapt. Uh, They aren't technically learning. It's more adjusting, it appears, according to the local norms of that community. You're listening to Undisciplined. We'll be back in a moment. Stay tuned. This is Matthew LaPlante. I'm the founder and host of Utah Public Radio's research theme program, Undisciplined. And I'm talking to you right now from my closet, where I've been recording this program for the past few months. All across the United States, public radio stations have been figuring out ways to keep providing the journalism and the programming you've come to expect. Please consider donating. Donating to UPR is easy. Just go to upr.org and click on the donate button. Most of all, though, stay safe, be kind, and keep having big ideas. You're listening to Undisciplined on Utah Public Radio. I'm Matthew LaPlante, and today we're talking about toxic social media cultures with Ashwin Rajadesingen. Okay, so let's say I wanted to build a community that is really easy for people to be in, a community that encourages discourse and debate, but not vitriol and abuse. What can I learn from this study that would help me do that? Oh, that's the million-dollar question. So I think there are a few few sort of ideas that you can uh, take from this. So one clear thing that we've identified is that people don't really carry forward the norms of one community into another, and people are quick to learn the norms of the community. So what you could think of doing is to make you, the norms that you want in the community, you can make them more explicit to people, to users who who haven't yet joined the community. So you can make more visible the guidelines, the exemplars, all the other good behavior that you would like to see in a community. You could make it more visible to not just existing members, but prospective newcomers so that they can pick up on those norms even before they actually join the community. 
And you maybe shouldn't make assumptions about the way people are going to behave just based on what they've done before. Right, exactly. So that was interesting where what we found was that you know, the, your behavior in one community is not indicative of your behavior outside that community. And people seem to be, at least on average, seem to be really good at conforming to a lot of these norms, even if their past behavior does not indicate so. So I guess there's sort of a glass is half empty, glass is half full thing here, because on the one hand, what you have found is that people who maybe weren't participating in toxic dialogue before will, I was going to say rise to the occasion, but sort of fall to the occasion. Um, But it goes the other way too, right? Yeah, I think people just adjust to the norms. So if they join a more toxic community, then at some level, they sort of mimic the behavior there and be more toxic. And if they join a, a more polite or respectful community, they tend to mimic those norms as well. And the the important thing to note is these norms don't spill over into the other community. So recently, there was this other work by Ishwar, who's now a professor at UIUC. And what they found was that Reddit, when it banned a few very extremely toxic racist communities, what they found was that those members who previously used to participate in those communities, actually in the other communities that they participated in the future after the ban did not exhibit those racist behavior. So yeah, so this sort of sort of adapting to the norms of the communities is pretty much central to online behavior. You know, a lot of people look at Reddit, Twitter, Facebook, whatever, and, you know, they just see a dumpster fire. But you see something that could be changed for the better. Where where does that optimism come from? Yeah, I think what we're finding here is there's this some method to all the madness that's, <laughs> that's happening online. People are... Uh, conforming a lot to the norms of the communities. And I think this has sort of um, now been taken up by a lot of these big social media companies. So Reddit, I know, has banned quite a few communities, which they believe is uh, sort of propagating a lot of the, the toxic behavior. And so banning them would the idea is that you are sort of constraining that behavior into that community. And then if once you ban it, that behavior is no longer at least immediately visible in, in other places within the website. And so. In fact, one of the communities that you study, which is called White Rights, was shut down by Reddit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I think companies have also realized that they need to be more proactive. Previously, at least, this very much had a laissez-faire sort of attitude towards this sort of behavior. And I think uh, now um, they're becoming a lot more proactive. Do you think because of that and the direction that you see things moving, is there reason for a good deal of optimism about what social media discourse will look like and say another decade or two? Because I think one of the things that people often forget is that this is still a really new paradigm for communication. We're only a couple of decades into the social media era. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I... I think this maybe should be cautiously optimistic. There's this things, there's lots of things that we don't know about, right? So there's there's a lot of work on how homogeneous communities are not a good thing in in a deliberative democracy. Social media sort of promotes those. There's also lots on this sort of toxic behavior and how this sort of space gets multiplied. 
so this 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 concern certainly but you know as we're doing a lot more of this research what we're finding is that a lot of these things can also be um addressed in many different ways but as you're saying we're just we're just at the tip of the iceberg at some level there's tons more to work on you're listening to undisciplined we'll be back in a moment stay tuned This is Matthew LaPlante. I'm the founder and host of Utah Public Radio's researched theme program, Undisciplined. And recently I was in my garage, staring at the car I bought right before my daughter was born. It doesn't run very well and we haven't used it in years, but it's the car we brought her home from the hospital in. We've taken that car all across the Western United States to soccer games and on camping trips and skiing excursions. It's Well, it's sentimental, but it's also time. So I'm going to be donating it to careasy.org in support of Utah Public Radio. If you've got a car, motorcycle, boat, or trailer, and it's time to say goodbye, consider offering it in support of UPR. It's easy. Just go to upr.careasy.org. You're listening to Undisciplined on Utah Public Radio. I'm Matthew LaPlante, and today we're talking about toxic social media culture with Ashwin Rajadesingen. Your research is all about trying to create better environments for social interaction online, but you're on Twitter and Reddit and Facebook. You're engaged in these spaces to some degree, I know. There have to have been times where you found yourself engaged in a conversation and and maybe even where you found yourself a responsible party for a discussion that was, you know, like sort of bordering on the sort of toxicity that you study, right? Right, right. Yeah, it happens. It happens all the time. I mean, so part of the reason, I guess, to, you know, when you think about this, part of the reason that people have these conversations is Oftentimes, they don't just want to have like a civil deliberative discussion. A lot of these discussions are just for fun. And what is fun for you might not be fun for <laughs> others. And, and everyone has very different uh, definitions of this. So recently, I was, uh, so I'm also doing this interview study where I'm talking to Reddit users, to a couple of moderators on how these conversations are happening online and how to improve them. And so one of the people that I spoke to, they said their ideal political discussion would be to make the other person viscerally angry, right? That was their goal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah, so you have you have people, you know, wide variety of people with very different interests, motivations. And frankly, you know, the idea of these online spaces is also to have fun, um, and so you, you're going to always have, oh, you know, all sorts of people mixing together and, and talking, right? So, so the idea is how can we, for the people who want to have these deliberative discussions, how can we make that happen? We're not trying to sort of straitjacket people who just, you know, want to vent or to, you know, troll and, you know, that sort of thing. We don't want to force them to have these good or what I would call uh, civil deliberative discussions. So, so yeah, it's, it's sort of, you know, across the spectrum. Are there good ways, do you think, for people to recognize these situations and extract themselves from these situations? Yeah, I feel like people are already intuitively doing this. So from my interviews, at least, uh, what we found was that people almost like 90% of the time, people already knew 
uh, whether this conversation was going to go stale or not. So they were saying that only rarely am I actually surprised by how this conversation went. So at some level, people do make those judgments quite a bit in their regular, you know, online behavior itself, online discussions. Okay, so I want I want to test you on this. Let's say, mm-hmm. well, okay, you're you're a Newcastle United fan, right? Yes. So so let's say we're in an online discussion, and I say that Jamal Lascelles is a completely rubbish skipper, and he's <laughs> the reason that the Magpies finished thirteenth in the Premier League this year. It would be on, wouldn't it? You you would have to engage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, especially in you know. Uh, football communities or any fan-based communities, you're going to have these uh, all the time, right? So the idea is not to have, it's not to prevent, you know, these strong opinions. And we, we want to get people to, you know, talk about these things, right? You, you still want to have an open space where people can talk in ways that fit their needs, right? So you, you are going to definitely have these sort of heated uh, discussions. That is for sure. And the idea here is not to tone police at some level, but to see how we can try to make some improvements on how to get them to have more deliberative conversations if they want to. That's Ashwin Rajadesingan. His recent research is on how toxicity norms are maintained in political subreddits. Ashwin, thank you so much for joining us. And I'm sorry about the Newcastle dig. <laughs> Thanks for having me. It, it, it comes with the territory. <laughs> Undisciplined is a production of Utah Public Radio. And if you happen to live in Utah, you can listen to us every Thursday at 1030 a.m. on UPR. If you miss us then, you can listen to every episode of Undisciplined wherever you get your podcasts. Our producer is Naomi Ward. Our associate producer is Mia Dora. Our theme music is Little Idea by Benjamin Tissot, and I'm Matthew LaPlante. Thanks for listening, and go have big ideas. <laughs>